Welcome to Sugar Loops Weekly, the show that this week's guest has never listened to. We're recording this on Wednesday, October 20th. This episode is brought to you by Tim Higgins and Team Let Taylor Cook. In week six, Higgins fell to Team Sturgis 127.9 to 129.8, a very close defeat. Higgins played Indianapolis wide receiver Michael Pittman in the flex spot. Meanwhile, on his bench, he had four other skill players to choose from. Had he started literally anyone other than Pittman, he would have won. A two-point loss and almost 50 skill player points left on the bench to sponsor this week's podcast. Thank you, Tim. Hello, Sugar Loops listeners. This is your podcast host, Joe Pardo, also known as Podcast Joe. And uh, we do have a very special guest uh, joining us today. But before we get to our, our guest interview, I did want to address a couple housekeeping items. Uh, I got three topics that have come up on the pod recently that I think we need to close the loop on. So uh, th- this does involve some of the big re- revelations that our last guest made, uh, Tim, last week. Uh, first, uh, who was actually last place last year? Tim, he did get the first round pick, but as he revealed, he did feel a little bit guilty about that because he didn't think that he actually got last place. Now, upon further review, looks like his official final standing uh, was last place with a record of 4-9, but Rob was actually, uh, you know, he came in with a worse record, 2-11, and but was ranked ahead of him. So it seems that Tim... Um, must have lost some games in the consolation bracket, and maybe those uh, were weighed uh, more heavily in the final standings. Uh, to me, at this time, it's still a little bit unclear. But what I think we can say is there will need to be some off-season discussion on the method of uh, draft order selection. I think we can probably just defer to the league commissioners to make that decision. And I think we'd probably all be okay with any decision provided that we do receive some clarification on this before next year's draft. Uh, That's number one. Housekeeping item number two. What do we do about Tim setting lineups for his wife the entire year that his wife played? He made the revelation that uh, he set Sarah's lineups um, every week except for the playoffs. Now, I think although she did make it to the playoffs and actually make it to the championship game, since she didn't actually win the championship, I think we can probably just dismiss this issue and leave it behind. So that's my official recommendation. Of course, uh, put some comments in the group chat if if we feel it's needed. But I think we just leave this one behind um, since it didn't affect the league championship that year. Number three, and this one, um, yeah, I'm not sure how to to even get into this because it's, I think there's some strong emotions here, but it was mentioned, um, that Dave, in his championship season, uh, you know, rode on the strong performances from Tom Brady in a season that was marred by the Deflategate scandal. So it was mentioned on a prior podcast and in the group thread that maybe there should be an asterisk by Dave's name for that championship win uh, because of the Tom Brady situation. Now, for those that don't remember, what was Deflategate? This was actually a pretty complicated story. Essentially, Patriots staff were accused of deflating game balls uh, to make them easier to handle. 
and there was a lot of litigation that occurred. Uh, turns out there was lots of incriminating text messages sent between staff, implicating them in this scheme to deflate the balls. Uh, even one person was referring to himself uh, in text message threads as, quote, the deflator. This is not a segment to, uh, you know, discuss what actually happened in Deflategate, but I think we needed some context here. And now also we need to look at, you know, whatever the truth was, real penalties were actually served uh, related to the Deflategate scandal. So Brady, he got a four-game suspension with no pay. The Patriots were fined $1 million. They had to forfeit a 2016 first-round draft pick and a 2017 fourth-round draft pick. Now, I think a case could be made that for this deflate gate scandal um, leading to real-life pretty severe penalties, one could make the case that there should be some kind of penalties um, down here on the fantasy football level if Tom Brady was involved in winning a championship. So there's a couple ways that you know, you know we could handle this. Um, Dave could be fined. So if we try to estimate what an appropriate fine would be, let's look at what the fine was for the Patriots. So it was $1 million. And in 2014, uh, the Patriots organization had a revenue of $428 million. So that's about 0.2% of their yearly revenue. So if we, you know, maybe we could find Dave something like 0.2% of his um, annual gross income, and that could be added as like a bonus for the next league winner. That's one way we could go about this. Um, or maybe Dave could be suspended for a few games, or maybe he could be required to play his backup, you know, whoever is his statistically inferior quarterback. Maybe he has to put them in for four games. Maybe Dave needs to forfeit um, a first-round draft pick and a fourth-round draft pick in next year's draft. That's another thing that would mirror what was done in real life. Or, as the group has stated, um, an asterisk could be added to the current Sugar Loops trophy. One problem with this is that Dave actually has perpetual control of the trophy. So while Mike Bryant has actually agreed to perform an audit on the trophy to make sure it is in you know good condition and good standing and that all engravings match official Sugar Loops rep records. Um, you know, we, we still don't really know the state of the trophy right now. Dave has it, so I doubt that he would uh, be willing to put an asterisk by his name. Now, I think it's very interesting to talk about what penalties could look like in this scenario, but really the more pertinent question is, should there be a penalty uh, against Dave in this type of scenario? I had hoped um, that I could maybe get like a lawyer or something on the show. That didn't really work out, but I think there's a couple of legal things we can look at here. Specifically, there's something called a statute of limitations, which is essentially a time limit for parties involved in a dispute to initiate legal proceedings. Now, the statute of limitations it's going to vary depending on whether we're talking about civil or criminal allegations, um, the severity of an alleged crime, and importantly, it varies from state to state. So looking at this case of deflate gate as it relates to the Sugar Loops Championship, I think it's hard to pursue any wrongdoing here or potential wrongdoing um, as a criminal case. So I think we're looking at a, a civil 
issue. And for civil cases in Florida, it appears that the statute of limitations varies from between two and five years. So with that said, uh, the final report on Deflategate was released in mid-2015. So we're beyond the five-year time limit. So with that, I think I'm compelled to dismiss this uh, issue of Deflategate as it relates to sugar loops, as we are beyond the statute of limitations. And um, I, would, I would vote that there is no asterisk needed um, the record shall be how it stands. However, I'm just the head of media relations for Sugar Loops. I'm not the boss. I'm just here to present some objective information, present some issues for consideration. And we do have a very special guest today. So I think for now, it's time to get on with our interview. Nate. Joe. What's up, hey. man? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for uh, making some time for us today. Um, yeah, I, not I know a problem. It, it sounds like you're very busy right now. So I mean, I'm sure we'll talk about uh, the whirlwind that is your life at some point. But just so I have an idea here, what are we working with? Like, this isn't a Joe Rogan three-hour thing. But do we got like five minutes here? Do we got like twenty, thirty minutes here? How's our afternoon looking? Yeah, I think it's somewhere in between. I think probably 15 to 20. Ooh, okay. Um, with the caveat that uh, my wife is out and my daughter is upstairs uh, finishing nap time, but she's like reading books. So, <laughs> you know, okay. if she starts screaming or something, it'll be, uh, you know, abruptly ended. But I think, I mean, she seems fine now. So I think I probably got 20 minutes. Max. Okay. Well, with that said, uh, to our listeners, today's very special guest on Sugar Loops Weekly is Nathan Young. You might know him better as simply Nate. He is the manager of team Pat My Gnomes and assistant vice president of commercial real estate lending for Truist Bank. So Nate, welcome to Sugar Loops Weekly. Well, thank you so much. Thank, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. Um, you know, this is episode three. Episode one and two, to be honest, big acts to follow. I mean, we had episode one, a guest that had immaculate hair. Um, episode two, we had someone that literally almost died in the name of Florida football on multiple occasions. Um, so, you know, not to intimidate you or anything, but Big acts to follow, and I really had to like work to get. Well, in touch I with mean, you, you got to have guys like me to make to make those guys feel feel <laughs> you know uh, important. You got to have guys like me to make them feel important. So. I mean, you seem to be a pretty important guy. I mean, I, I really had no. to work to get you on here. Um, I <laughs> I did initially send you a message through WhatsApp, and um, I didn't get a response after like a mm -hmm. day or so. So then I thought like, okay, can I text his actual phone number? Because I mean, it's one thing to message through WhatsApp, but then as soon as you like breach sending an actual text message, it just seems different. Now you're like invading into someone's personal life a little bit, but um, I went ahead and I did it. And then I still didn't get a response for like a day or so. Um, but eventually uh, we found Nate and, um, and here we are. Here we are, man. Hey, persistence. So I saw towards the beginning of the season, uh, you made a comment on the WhatsApp thread. Oh, I haven't opened this app since last football season. So it sounds like um, you might, you know, might not be like completely up to speed on everything that's been going on in the thread. 
So before I texted you, um, did you know that this podcast even existed? I didn't know. No, before you texted me, no clue. Absolutely not. No idea. So, I mean, what is going through your mind? You're, you're invited to go on a podcast that you don't even know exists. Yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I, I don't really know what was going through my mind other than, man, I bet these guys feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a terrible member of this league and I'm probably going to get the boot after the season if I don't start getting a little bit more engaged. So uh, I should probably go on this podcast. <laughs> Excellent. Okay. So here we are. You've been busy lately. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on. You're in the middle of a move. Uh, where are you at yeah. right now? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so some excuses to make, to make you know, uh, to make everybody feel like, and to make myself feel important and everybody else to, you know, not give me such a hard time for being not too engaged in WhatsApp. So, uh, yeah, I got a four-month-old. I got a two-year-old girl, four-month-old boy. Um, we just listed our house last week, so we moved about a week and a half ago to my parents' house. Um, what, they're actually not here now, but we are like living with my sister at my parents' house um, mm-hmm. temporarily while we finish a new build that hopefully in two weeks we're moving into. So, you know, personally, that all is going on in the background. Um, you mentioned I work for Truist Bank Commercial Real Estate Lending. Uh, for the last 18 months, ever since March of last year, I've been working from home. So, mm-hmm. so I work from home from my parents' house with a four-month-old and a two-year-old, and it's mm-hmm. it's what it sounds like. It's uh, it's you know, you're a bad dad, you're a bad husband, you're a bad employee. <laughs> it's just all happening all at the same time, and uh, you're a bad, you know, fantasy football uh league member, and Nobody's anyways, but you record. know, nobody has said that. No one has said no, that. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's true. You're right. No, you're right. You you just said I was hard to get a hold of, which is true. Okay, I lost you for right. a minute there. Okay. Yeah, back. I'm sorry. I tried to decline a call and I, I must have ended mm. this. So, okay. Um, All right. So, it. you were telling us uh, you're in a temporary housing situation, houses under construction. So, what, what, brought, up, what brought upon this move? Uh, what are you moving for? Uh, you know, I mean, the house we were in was in a cool part of town, kind of close to downtown, but. It was great before kids, but now with two kids. I mean, it's street parking. You walk up like 12 concrete mm. steps to the front door, no garage, no real closet. It's kind of this old neighborhood. So we just kind of needed some more space and storage and everything. Um, so that's that's what precipitated the move. And we've been working on, I don't know, we bought a bit off more than we can chew. We're almost done now, but we, we bought the land two years ago and we're still not in this house. So, I mean, COVID uh, was in the middle of that. We've done it real slowly and everything, but yeah. Um, Anyways, so I mean, with that kind of trajectory, is this a two week stint at your mom's house? I mean, is that likely to be two weeks or are we looking at, you know, this might be a couple of months? Uh, well, it better not be a couple of months. No, I, I think it, I think two weeks will be on the low end. It's probably going to be more like three or four, I think, which is fine. You know, it is what it is. Um, I was yeah, I was in a similar situation, um, lived with my parents for what was going to be about a month or so while we were waiting for our house to be finished. Ended up yeah. being a solid six months. So I wish you the mm, best of luck. Don't tell me. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear the best it. Of luck, but very nice to have that option uh, to stay with family. Definitely. Yeah, so definitely. I'd be thankful for that. All right. So uh, you brought up, um, or I guess I brought it up in your intro, and then you mentioned about uh, working at the bank. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I did, you know, we, we like to get our guests on this pod to share some practical wisdom, you know, from their realm of expertise. So being involved in uh, the commercial real estate scene, I mean, you alluded to telework. Um, my office mm-hmm. that I work from, it's mm-hmm. vacated half of the year. I telework every other week now. So mm-hmm. I'm just curious, you know, COVID from your seat in commercial real estate, attitudes and fate of commercial real estate, uh, what are things looking like? Man, that's a big question. It's really nuanced. I, I think um, some of the macro, you know, I don't know. I, I, some of the macro shifts that I've seen happen are uh, everybody's investing in, I mean, people, people are investing in where they are going to be. And since so many people are at home, you're seeing apartment rents skyrocket. You're seeing, uh, you know, the housing market go crazy and uh, home prices are skyrocketing as well. They've, it's been gangbusters for 18 months, both of those. Conversely, you're seeing a lot of, I don't want to get too in the weeds, but a lot of skittishness from institutional money on, you know, downtown office in particular, but just office space in general. Um, there's quite a bit of, you know, scared investors in the retail space as well. There already had been the shift to, you know, the Amazon effect shift to, you know, industrial is the type of real estate that people Mm -hmm. uh, actually need in order to get goods to their house and not so much retail strip centers. So um, I I think, I think office though is the biggest, is going to be the biggest, you know, to be determined here in the next few years, because you've got, you know, national multinational companies on 10, 15 year leases they can keep paying every month, but what are they going to do in 2026 when the lease expires? Are they going to renew? Are they going to cut office space in half? You know, a lot of these, a lot of these offices like my company, they're still sitting there mostly vacant um, and the company's paying the lease, but what's going to happen mm-hmm. at the end of that? So I, I think office, there's a lot to be determined, but um, yeah, I mean, people going to Florida, <laughs> Florida's winning. I just heard the other day that Miami just became the most expensive city. I mean, more expensive, just beat L.A. out uh, for, you know, most expensive, most expensive city in, in the country. And, you know, more than New York, Boston, L.A., Dallas, it's, it's Miami, which I thought was very interesting. And I think it's going to continue to, to head down to Florida. Florida's the big winner, I think, uh, right now at least. Yeah, no, Florida's a great place. Um, so are, I guess are they going to let you continue to telework? It sounds like, I mean, you're in that category. You're investing yeah, more at home now. Yeah, so as yeah. far as you can tell. Yeah, I think be... so. I, I think so. I mean, it's, you know, it's a big money saver. And, and a lot of companies are going to take, I think, different different routes on this, especially larger companies. Like my company, Truist, we got like 60,000 employees or something ridiculous. And um, you got Bean Counter sitting in Atlanta or wherever they sit for us, you know, some centralized location. Mm-hmm. And they're like, wow, we can save all that money if we stop paying all these leases and let everybody work from home. And um, and they're doing that. Uh, you know, I think that there's gonna, they're going to more co-working space. Um, I'm just talking about my company. Right? And a lot mm-hmm. of companies are doing this, you know, and that trend had already been happening. But COVID has clearly accelerated it tremendously, um, yeah. forced, forced kind of these larger companies that were laggards um, on – trying new things to, I mean, they forced them into it basically and saving money. But I I bet my bet is long-term 
you know, loyalty is going to go way, way down. And our generation is already not too loyal. And, you know, they'll, <laughs> you'll, you'll, you'll see employees moving for $5,000 all over the place. I Interesting think. take. Okay. All right. Well, before we get on to some fantasy football talk, um, last thing, again, we like for the guests to share some practical wisdom from their realm of expertise. I saw on your LinkedIn that, you know, in part of your current responsibilities or prior responsibilities, uh, you would be involved in risk grading clients. So <laughs> yeah. for someone that's, you know, younger, like, I don't know, Josh Fields, um, you know, we have some younger members in the league here. Um, <laughs> what, what advice would you have to them? Um, you know, as a consumer, what can he do or not do so that when his file comes across the desk of someone like Nate one day, <laughs> they get a favorable grade? Oh, that's so good. For someone like Josh Fields, I'll let Dave Fields handle uh, this advice. But um, yeah, Josh should go get a credit card right now and start building up his credit. That's my advice for someone like Josh Fields. No, but in all seriousness, um, <laughs> uh, you know, just just pay your bills man just pay, pay your bills, bills. Okay. that's all there is to it that's all there really is to it have access to credit you know get loans and and pay them every month that's that's i mean that's really all there is to it don't you know no, there's there's the best more serious things need to be complicated no it's not complicated you know don't have fraud pay your bills um <laughs> Don't get arrested. You know, that stuff comes up and <laughs> that's about all there is to it, really. Have a lot of money. You have a lot of money. That'll get you access to credit. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. All right. So uh, pay your bills. Have a lot of money. Don't get arrested. Uh, there Josh, you go. You know, obviously discuss these points with your dad. But, yeah. Um, Dave will help like you out. Yeah. Big points. Dave will help with that for sure. <laughs> all right. So moving on to football, um, we have NFL Week 7. Uh, we have Team Pardo coming off his first loss to uh, the Turtles. Um, now we have uh, no unbeaten teams left. Yeah. We have Team Pat Minomes tied for last at one and five, yeah. riding a five-game losing streak. Um, yeah. You know, in your defense, you look like about middle of the pack in terms of points scored. The, I know. Um, the AI is actually projecting you to finish sixth, so, you know, not dead last. And you've just yeah. been like a little more unfortunate in terms of, you know, points scored against um, with, with second most points against behind Team Sturgis, which I wanted to mm -hmm. take a moment to commend the league. Um, it's not easy having such an imposing figure like Caleb Sturgis in your league. But what the math shows is that um, teams are staying mentally strong and they've been putting <laughs> out their, their best weeks against Team Sturgis, who is, you know, leading in points scored against. So I just want to take that moment to commend the league. Now, back to this week. Um, you got Mike Bryant this week. He's outscored you mm -hmm. 907 to 769. Looks like you got a lot of players on buys. How are you feeling heading into this week? I mean, I feel pretty bad, to be completely honest with you. You know, I, I, uh, I think every week except for one, for whatever it's worth, uh, I've been projected to win. Um, and then, you know, I just been getting absolutely my tail handed to me for a month. So, mm -hmm. um, I mean, not even close. It's like, I'm not even watching the Monday. Well, I'll watch the Monday night game. If I care about the teams, like the actual teams, not the fantasy teams, but I'm not even like counting points on Monday nights for like a month because it, I'm so far out of it. So, um, you know, I, I feel pretty bad. I gotta say, but, um, you know, well, I, I, maybe you know this. Maybe, maybe you did this in your in your pod prep. I, I didn't, but 
I think it's possible that I might still have the highest scoring week, which would really salvage the, I mean, my first week was like, it was pretty, it was pretty strong. Uh, I think it's possible. I don't know. I, I didn't do the research. I should have done a little bit of prep before getting on here, but uh, no worries. So, so that would help it out if I got my money back. Right. Upon further review, I did see that Nate had a very strong showing in week one with 190 points. However, unfortunately for Nate, uh, that score has since been eclipsed on multiple occasions uh, by uh, Team Turtles in week two with 211 points, in week five by Team Pardo with 194 points, and Team Dave's Hair with 193.7 points, and then more, most recently by uh, Team Smoke in week six with 195 points. Right. I don't know. Now, did you, you know, what I'm wondering, knowing what I know about you through other members of the league, because again, just to remind everyone, I don't know. I don't know you. I don't know anyone in this league, really. Um, (laughs) Did you actively participate in the draft this year? No. No, no. And, and for, I mean, I, I forget what was going on, but I think what happened, I think it was something like I, uh, you know, was, was out with my kids and wife somewhere and didn't plan well. And, you know, just, um, instead so of auto draft. Yeah. Just auto drafted. I know. I know. I, yeah, not a great, not a great league member this year. But, but it, I mean, it sounds like auto draft can work out in your favor sometimes. It can, that can, of course. Yeah, of course. I actually was fine with my team. I felt pretty good about it, actually. Um, but, yeah, clearly it, it hasn't worked out for me this year. What I, I mean, auto-drafted, I think, Pat Mahomes a couple of years ago, right? Right. That's what I heard. Yeah. And that, that yeah. actually worked out very well. Um, yeah, it worked not, out fantastic. Not as well this year. Uh, you win no. some, you lose some. Um, so, one of the themes that's kind of been running through – the pod series so far is trying to get down to the orin- origins of this league. Um, so mm-hmm. it's called Sugar Loops Brigade. Uh, I don't know <laughs> what a sugar loop is. Um, I don't know if that's cereal or if it's like something else, a symbol of something. <laughs> I don't know. So do you have any insights on the origin of this name? Yeah, I do actually. So Sugar Loops is, I, I, I don't know what it really means particularly, but in high school, in PE class, um, there was this guy. He was like the coolest guy in the PE class. I mean, I, whatever. He was cool, right? And when we would play basketball, he would just, you know, we'd play pickup basketball or whatever in PE. Um, he would call me Sugar Loops. That was his nickname for me. And I never, I mean, he was too cool for me to ask him, like, why are you calling me that, dude? Are you making fun of me? I don't know why you're calling me that. I think you're making fun of me, but whatever. I'll pass you the ball when you say Sugar Loops, right? So he's just like, hey, Sugar Loops, Sugar Loops. That's what he called me. And, and then, I don't know, I probably told Mike Bryant this at some point. And then when Mike started the league and typed the name in, that's, I don't know. I, I think that that is, that's the origin. It was my nickname in high school, PE class. Wow. Okay. So this is big reveal here. Um, now we know kind of where it comes from, but I'm a little bit disappointed in that. We still don't actually know what it means. Um, I have no idea. Yeah. And, and now. I'm a little more concerned because it sounds like it could even be 
a derogatory term of some sort. I think it's likely. I actually think it's likely. Yeah. But I mean, I, I would rather it be a mystery than confirm that. So I'm not going to ask any questions about it. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, in the name of time, uh, we'll, we'll move on to our last closing questions that we ask all of our guests. Um, so number one, what is your favorite football memory as a player or a spectator? Yeah, I love this question. I appreciated you uh, texting that beforehand. So I thought of two, both in the swamp. Um, one as a student. I just love – so I was a student, what, from oh seven to 12, I think. Mm-hmm. Anyways, uh, 2008, um, Florida – I looked it up because I wanted to make sure that I knew exactly what it was. Florida hosting LSU in the swamp night game. Number three, LSU. The year before was at LSU. We lost. That was the one where people got Tim Tebow's cell phone number yeah. and were like calling and texting the whole thing. Anyways, we lost that game. The next year, hosting in the swamp. We're two minutes into the game. I think, now, I think not even. 13 and a half minutes left. I just looked this up because to answer this question. 13 and a half minutes left in the first quarter. 0-0. Tim Tebow throws a bomb to Percy Harvin. It's tipped mm. by whatever corner was in, you know, single coverage on him. Tipped, and Percy catches it and runs yeah. in something like a 70-yarder. Um, and, and I just love those moments at the beginning of those matchups in the swamp where you're hosting a top five. Um, well, I guess I used to. It feels a little different these days. But, um, and it's just – absolutely like the place is so electric and there's a lot of nerves and then when something like that happens it just oh, yeah. nothing like it yep nothing yeah like it. all right so that was number one you said you had another one too oh yeah sorry okay another one so yeah the other one would be similar um 2015 hosting Ole Miss same thing right I mean Florida Will Greer it's the Will Greer game you know the the you know we're awesome and then two weeks later we're criminals mm. um but uh, to Demarcus Robinson, Will Greer, you know, falling back, pockets collapsing, throws it kind of like off his back foot, you know, across the middle of the field, tight, you know, safety and corner, kind of double coverage, but Demarcus has them both beat and touchdown, you know, we go up 7-0. Ole Miss, I think, was number three. We were 25, again, early in the game, first quarter. And then, you know, we go on to – I mean, we were up, I think, 25 nothing at halftime, something like that. So, that was a that was a really fun one. But, you know, it was a mirage. That whole game was such a mirage, <laughs> looking back. All right. And do you have a favorite football play? Could be offense or defense. Uh, yeah, good question. Um, I think I, I really <laughs> – I, I have a couple. You know, the one that I think is is just – so underrated and so underused is the quarterback sneak when you have a yard to go. Mm. Like, like the, half the time, especially in college, they're still in the shotgun. So you got to mm. get six yards from where Just the ball get gets yard. to to get yeah. the first down. Dude, if you have a quarterback of any size and a center that's any good at all, you just mm. snap it and fall on the center, and it's a first down every time. Like, I, I just think that – I don't know why that's like – it feels like that's a secret. Nobody – not nobody. I mean, people do it, right? But it should be done every single time, in my opinion. No, it makes uh, sense. Why, why try to gain six yards when you only need one? Totally makes yes. sense. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. So, finally, 
uh, on podcasts, people like to talk about other podcasts and stuff like that. So is there anything you're listening to, uh, watching or reading that you could recommend to the rest of the group right now? That's good. Um, You know, I can't, I don't know if I could go so far as to say I recommend it. I just listened to a couple episodes of the Jordan Harbinger show. It's a podcast. And he's, I mean, this guy basically just interviews all kinds of people about all kinds of different things. And it's, I think it's pretty interesting. The last one I just listened to, he was interviewing the CEO of like Google China about the future of artificial intelligence and this guy's predictions on what the world's going to look like in 10 or 15 years. I mean, so just fascinating stuff about guys who have thought about these things way more than I have, you know, I just thought, you know, just interesting stuff like that. Jordan Harbinger. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, you are on the big sugar loop stage. You got the ear of approximately five listeners. Is there anything (laughs) else you would like to say? Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think the main thing I'd like to say is um, I, I just I just apologize for being a bad league member. You know, <laughs> clearly, I mean, you, you haven't you haven't said like you, you know, like you pointed out earlier, you haven't called me out on it. But I, I just feel like this year I've just not been. Uh, I hope you guys keep me around next year. I guess that's the other thing I'd like to say. I'm sorry and please keep me and I'll be better. You know, okay. um, that's all. All right. Well. Uh, you know, hopefully some other members of the league will listen in and um, I'm sure they would accept this apology. Um, but, you know, we'll see. I'll, I'll be looking on the thread uh, to see what kind of responses we get. And since I know that you probably won't be looking, I'll text you and I'll let you know what it has to say. <laughs> no, I'll look. No, I'm vain, I'm vain enough to, uh, to check in when I think people might be talking about me. So, yeah, I'll look. All right. Well, Nate... Uh, thanks for joining us today and um, good luck with uh, the rest of your construction and the move and uh, appreciate it. We will go ahead and wrap up this episode. Hopefully we'll get someone else on the pod next week. Who will it be? You'll have to tune in to find out.